I've often had these incredible, interesting dreams in my life. And, and if I say often, I really mean often. I would wake up almost sweating during the night, having dreamt that something that I often do, which is come up on a stage like this, not because I think I'm fancy, it's just part of my life. I would dream during the night that I'm absolutely ill-prepared for it. And, and it's not about not having a sermon ready. It's not being appropriately dressed. And I've often dreamt this, that I would arrive on the stage. Don't worry, not naked. Okay, somebody like, oh, serious, you dream this stuff? No. It's not what I said. You were thinking it, eh? No, but I was like skimpy dressed, yeah. It's like maybe um, just shorts. Don't try to picture it. Don't try to picture it, all right? But I would wake up several times, I promise you, in my life. But I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I woke up. Because in this dream, I was about to come on the stage and speak, but I just had my swimming costume on or something. I'm like, oh, how could I? How, I mean, I was seriously thinking, how did I leave home like that? How, why did I drive away from home being so ill-prepared and not ready, dressed? to go and present yourself. And maybe in your context, it'll be, you know, going to the shops or whatever. And, um, but in my context, it's often related to having to come and preach and just have this privilege of sharing with you where I'm like, oh, I'm not dressed appropriately. And then I wake up and I'm so thankful to Jesus that he woke me up. Because I can't imagine. And please don't imagine with me now too much. <laughs> that I could actually go through doing that. And, and this picture that I want to show you made me think of that. That often, don't worry, it's not going to be something strange. It's just that when I look at this person, I don't know if I can find anybody close. Oh, Bruno, not too far. <laughs> um, but somebody that would um, relate to this of, Wanting to start the day, but this person doesn't look like he's ready, is it? <laughs> it looks so different than, uh, why don't you just, Mr. Moyo, please why don't you just stand and just present us to how a person should look like that's ready for the day. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Woo! <laughs> oh, that's so different, isn't it? Thank you. We've got to have the opposites. <laughs> and so, I want to talk to you this morning about something that I really felt this week, God just kind of like, gloomp, drop it in my spirit, and that's about being ready, which is the opposite to what we see here, isn't it? That the person on that picture really doesn't look like he's ready, and, and the word ready, really, I mean, you will all know what it means, but it, if you want to try to explain it, it means to be in a suitable state for an action or situation, to be fully prepared. And I want to believe that God is going to work in us and through us in this year in a remarkable way. This year is, has not come by coincidence or just because it had to come. God has set this year in place for you and me and not just to survive, but He wants us to be part of His plan and therefore He wants us to be ready. Be ready. And the readiness is not determined by 
all the physical things that we need to set in place and have in place and, and have made sure that this week coming we've got tuition fees, school fees ready and, and we've got fuel ready for this week to go and, and, and we've got food ready or whatever it is. The, the, the readiness is determined by what's happening inside of you. And I sense that there's so much that God wants to take us into as His people that there's a readiness that He is expecting of us to, to grab hold of for this year that already right now we've got to lay hold of. And so I was just looking at Scripture and seeing what are some of these things that God wants us to be ready for because how many of you know that there are plenty of things that we can just not prepare ourselves for? There are things that happen that none of us could actually have expected. None of us could have ever really prepared ourselves adequately enough for it because we don't know that they're coming. We don't know what this week will present. We don't know what this day will present. But we know that, that God will be there and He will help us through those things. But there are particular things that God says, I want you to be ready for these things. I want you to prepare yourself for them. There are other things that you don't know. I will be there with you and I will be the one that will guide you through it. Don't worry. You don't have to be ready for everything. But the things that you can be ready for, prepare for them. And, and I want to lay that before you this morning and say, the things that God wants us to be ready for, please get ready. Get ready. Don't, can I have that picture up again? <laughs> Don't live like this every day. Don't look at, at yourself and look at this year and say, oh, I don't know. Well, bring it on, you know. And sing that wonderful chorus. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Uh-huh. We don't want to live like that. We're like, Jesus, I know that you've got a beautiful future for me, and I know that you have plans for me. I want to be ready for them. I want to be awake. But I do think that sometimes we live like this. Uh, uh, 2020 is coming again. I don't know. We'll see what it'll bring. I don't know what I need to do. I'll just kind of like wake up and try my best and find a shirt to wear. And say, that's what I'm going to do to prepare myself for this year. No, I believe there's more. I really do. And so I want to stir you this morning towards being ready in what you can be ready for. Is that okay? So please check on your neighbor and ask them, are you ready? Just, just check. We're going to just make sure that we're ready for this. Because <laughs> I want to lay the first thing for you and, and, and share just five things that I believe that God wants us to prepare for. And the first one is in chapter 16 of, oh no, chapter 14. Anyone? Anyone? Luke. All right. That's fine. Uh, guesses you could have had. I mean, there's 66 options. Uh-huh. But anyway, let's go to Luke chapter 14. And, and we're going to look at a few things that we can be preparing ourselves for. And the first one is we've got to be ready to respond to God. The first one is we've got to be ready to respond to God. And listen to what we read here in, in Luke 14. Beautiful story. Beautiful story. Jesus loves to talk um, to us through stories, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, thank you. I'm just going to repeat it until there's a response. I mean, it's like, seriously. You guys are out there, hey? Yeah, that's good. Luke 14, chapter 14, verse 16 says, 
But he said to him, somebody had responded and said something to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, a man, gave, one, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many for this. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike, say with me, but. Mm-hmm. But they all alike began to make excuses. And it says here, but the first one said, mm, I've just bought a field. I have this lovely kombucha I'm setting up there. there. Oh, I've got to get to it. And that's, I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Amazing. The, you know the beautiful thing? Well, not the beautiful thing. The, the, the interesting thing here is that these people have been invited already. This is a reminder that things are ready. It's like you and I get invited to an event. Ooh, and this is an interesting point. We get, we get invited to stuff and then we, are, we have to be reminded about this event that comes. And then when we're reminded, oh my goodness, yeah, I forgot about that. And here it happens. So they were invited. Now they're reminded that everything is ready. And then, then they only respond. They didn't respond then. Then they say, oh, I just bought this field. Sorry, can't come. Great, I've got an excuse. That's what the first one says. In verse 19, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. <laughs> I've got mummies out there, baby. I'm not coming to this thing. And I go to examine them. Please have me ex- excused. And then and another said, I, just, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Well, it's a good enough excuse, but you knew that you were going to get married. Why didn't you give us the excuse way before? So the servant came. So it's like, out there, the fields, the mombies, the wife. Ah, oh, jeez, all these excuses. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and uh, said to his servant, Now go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, sir what, you have, what you commanded this has been done and there still is room. And the master said to the servant, now go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Incredible. Some key elements here that we just quickly have to recap about, and that is that there's a man having a great banquet. I love the way in which Jesus shares stories. Jesus did not say, there's a man, I'm going to have this um, bank that he was going to open, and people needed to come to the bank so that they can get money or whatever. Jesus doesn't use a story of, this man is going to open a hospital, and so all the sick needed to come first of all, which is obviously relevant, but he didn't use that story. He didn't say, this man is going to open a a, a tertiary um, training education center where people needed to come to be trained. He doesn't say that. He says, there's going to be a party, a banquet, a fun event. And he says, I want people to come and have fun with me. So whenever we see these stories, you're going to know that God is trying to talk to us about how he wants to relate to us. Correct? It's not just this random story of, ah, let me talk about the story. And this Jesus is like, I don't have anything else to tell them. No, he has something in mind for us to grab hold of. And then the 
It's not just a banquet. He says, I'm inviting people. He said, please, won't you come and join us? It's going to be great. Then, as we see, people start making excuses. They couldn't come. But it seems more like the people didn't really want to come. Because that's often what an excuse is. And I'm, I understand that many times we just cannot make things. And there's legitimacy in that. And we can find, obviously, grace for that. But I think what, what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that people could come. But they decided they didn't want to come. And so he's saying, I'm ready for you. God is always ready for us. In actual fact, He was ready way before you and I were born. He presented a way for us to come to Him by His Son, Jesus Christ. And even before we sinned, Adam and Eve, God already knew that it was going to happen. God already was ready with a plan. That's the incredible divine mystery of God. It's like, God, you created us knowing that we will sin. But you stood when about doing that. He was ready. So no matter what you and I do and, and the way we, we drift away from Him, He's ready to bring you back. And He's eager to have us back and have a party with us. And if you think of the story of the prodigal son and how he returned and, and, and when he returned, what the father did on his return is that you realize he didn't open up a, a, an institution and say, now you sign here, my son. From now on, you will be committed to the following, and you will never leave this place, and you will have these responsibilities. He said, no, we're going to have a party, a banquet. We're going to have fun first because I'm so delighted to have you with me. And that's the Father's heart towards us. He's always ready to express that towards us. The question is, are you and I ready? So the best thing you can do for this year as we launch into 2020 is not to get all your ducks in a row in terms of, have I got this ready and have I got that ready? Is your heart ready towards the King? Where is your heart this morning? He's done everything for you to know Him. He's done everything for you to be in relationship with Him. He's done everything to remove your sin that keeps us from Him. The question is, how ready are you to respond to that? Have you ever responded to that? I'm not asking, have you come to a church meeting? It's maybe set yourself up for being ready and becoming ready. But the question is, have you decided, hey, the Master has invited me to a banquet, not just an event, but a relationship. A lifelong relationship. And have I responded to that? And so I present that to you. The best way that you can prepare yourself for this year is to respond to God. Is to accept the invitation. Or, in other words, to remove all excuses that you perhaps have lived with up to 2020. Excuses of, you know, I've got, I've got business. And in, in all of this, it's amazing that, we, that, that the word here is so clear and it's so relevant that we become preoccupied with stuff that actually become our excuses in life. You know, I've got a, 
I've got a business. I bought a field and I need to attend to it. I have responsibilities, you know. I've got these five yoke of oxen and I have to examine them. I've got to care for them. I cannot ignore them. It's, and that's honorable. It's great. It's wonderful to look after them. But is that your primary responsibility? Is that your primary call in life is to make sure that there's food on the table and, and that you care for the family and that you, you act responsibly? That's important, but that's not the most important thing. And then we see that relationship even is used as, a, as an excuse. I have a wife, and she needs my attention. I have a husband. I have children. I'm, I'm, I'm just too busy. And maybe that's the thing, that we become just too busy. And in preparing for this year, we've got to look at what is the most important responsibility we have, and that is to respond to this invitation that says, come, there's a banquet for us. I want to, I want to meet with you. I want to enjoy you. I want you to enjoy me. But what is keeping you from it? Are you ready for me? I'm ready for you. The word has gone out. The servant was told to go and inform everybody. We've prepared the place. We're ready. Come. Everything is ready. And Jesus would say that to us today. Everything is ready. But are you? Or are we trapped in a lifestyle of excuses? Of saying, Jesus, hey, this stuff is important. My family, they're important to me. My job, my responsibilities. I can't just ignore them. Nobody's saying for you, to you to ignore them. All God is saying, you've got to love me more than what you love these things. That's the, that's the test for us. Because whatever you love more will be the stuff that you spend most time with. Isn't it? Come on. Whatever you love most is what you invest most of your time, your resources, your energy in. And so the test is, what is that to you? What is that to you? And if it has become an excuse to attend the banquet, which is a lifestyle of walking with Jesus... There's a reality that out of heaven, there's this anger. And it's not God is going to slap you. It's just, hey, I've created this for you. You've ignored it. And he says, I, I just got to extend it to more and more then. If you don't want it, you miss out. See it clearly here. Yeah? It's open for all of us. Our readiness is an option. And if we don't, want to respond to this invitation, Jesus says, well, there are many others. If you look at the city, this building is by far too small. There are not enough church facilities in this town to accommodate people on a Sunday because the harvest is plentiful. There are more people. You have friends. How many of you this morning here have people that you know are far from God? Show of hand. Just, you know that there are friends, relatives that you know that are far from God. You know, you know them. You've been 
put alongside them, you are here this morning, not just to think of yourself and not to receive for yourself, but that you can help them. And so your readiness for God determines your readiness to help them. And so we've got to understand that there's this banquet that we're invited to, but it's not just for me and you, it's for many others. The second thing that I want to say that we need to be ready for comes from a portion in First Peter. If you want to turn there with me. Peter is after Hebrews, just before the three letters that John wrote for Revelation. And so First Peter, chapter 1, a very interesting portion of Scripture. It says, I don't have time to read to you from verses 1 to, um, to 12, but it actually sets us up for what happens in verse 13. Because there's a word called therefore. Say with me, therefore. <laughs> you know that the word therefore means that whatever's happened before is now kind of summarized, and there's a, there's a statement coming. Because of what we've read here, therefore, um, Peter says the following. He says, therefore, prepare your minds. Get your minds ready. Actual fact, in the, in the Greek, a Greek explanation, it says, get up the loins of your mind. Kind of like, get it all in place. Get it ready for action. And being sober-minded because your mind is being prepared, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want to say, secondly, we need to be ready to think and act differently. Again, it's out of this relationship with God. And that's what chapter 1 from verse 1 to 12 actually talks about, if you read. Again, always try to read Scripture in context. Don't just take one verse out and make a big thing out of it. Read it in the full context so that it will make more sense to you. Okay? Those of you that read the Bible, anyone? Reading the Bible here? Yeah, just checking. Checking. There's a few of you. That's great. That's great. Do read the full context. And Peter encourages us. He says, you've got to have your minds prepared to think in a certain way. Because this is what happens to our minds. Is that our minds, if we give it free reign and liberty to do whatever it wants to do, guess what it does? It does that. Uh-huh. You gotta, if you have a small child, a toddler... Uh, let me not use any toddler as an example here, because just I'll uh, end up in trouble. But if you go to a big shopping center, which um, and you go to Zonke, and you just stop there, and you're like, I gotta go to Food Lovers. Children, just go and explore. Just go and just enjoy the shop. If you wanna go to Pick and Pay or 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 um, some of the other shops around, you just go and or on the grass. Or if you wanna go to, you know. I have some ice cream at Eskies and here's some money. Just go and explore. Just go and do whatever you want. If you run around between the cars and the parking area, just go. It's fun. Parents do that, don't they? Huh? We never do. I don't even let my wife do that. <laughs> anyway, the uh, point is this. We do that with our minds, though. We wake up in the morning, we read all the stuff, and it's, oh, what's the latest? 
what is the you know the, the latest um WhatsApp thing that's going to go around again today and and what have we been posting and and it's Facebook and it's news and it's all these channels and it's TV and it's newspaper and whatever else and and we we just let our minds run riot and we expose our minds to all of this stuff and then we come out of that. <laughs> We just prayed about the spirit of fear earlier this morning, but sometimes that is related to moments like this, where we just let the mind run away, and we let our minds go to places where we shouldn't let it go, because the fruit of having let it go, that place is the child gets, there's a car, and the child doesn't think about the car. The car hits the child. And it's happened, and it happens to our minds too, where we just let the mind go, and we don't control it. And Paul, Peter here says, you know what, you need to be ready, controlling your minds. You need to prepare your minds for what God has done. And that's what you could read in verses 1 to 12, just this beautiful thing about who Jesus is and what He's done for us. But you need to stop your mind at times. Because the mind runs away and it takes us to places where we get in trouble. And you haven't done anything, but you've thought it. And now it concerns you because your mind has taken you there. You're still in your house. You're still in your lounge. But your mind is somewhere else. Like some of you are doing that right now. It's like, just talk to your neighbor and say, please control your mind. Just come back, come back. All right. If they're on WhatsApp or Facebook, just help them. And if they are, just show them by the hand, showing of hand that they are. No, don't worry. <laughs> the point is, we've got to gird up the loins of our minds. We've got to strengthen it and tighten it and say, no, mind, you cannot go there. Let's take our minds where it should go. Let's become restful and enjoy what God has for us. Because at the moment your mind is in place, we read further on in chapter 1, the conduct that comes out of that, where Peter talks about obedient children, not being conformed to the passions of the former ignorance, but as it's called, he is holy. He wants us to be holy in our contact, on our conduct. And so holiness comes out of a mindset that we have. We set our minds on Christ. And the Word of God, by the way, is a very helpful tool to get your minds set on where you ought to have it. So this is the test. How much do we allow the Word of God to let our minds be prepared for what God has for us? And how much do we let other things control our minds to be prepared for what's coming? You've got to answer that question. The Word of God will prepare you for God's plans. The world will prepare you for the enemy's plans for your life. And boy, he has plans for you too. Do you know that? His plans are come, he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So you, you, you separate yourself from the plans of God and the thoughts of God and the input of God. You open yourself up to these thoughts. And hence the result is fear. The fruit of that exposure is fear, intimidation, anxiety. The fruit of this exposure is complete opposite where are we living are you ready for this year by how you allow your mind 
to control yourself. The, the next thing that I want to present to you is from Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You all still okay? All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yeah, Paul is talking now. And he's talking to this, this seemingly very um, amazing church in the city of Corinth. But a whole lot of issues that they had. <laughs> and so he's, he's reprimanding them a bit. It's like, <laughs> some things are not quite in place. And, and so here we find that, that Paul is actually saying to them, guys, you've got to be ready for something deeper, to long for it. And in Corinthians chapter 3, we read the following. Now he's talking to believers, hey? These are, these are followers of Christ. He says to them, ah, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Oh, my goodness. What a... What a remarkable statement. It's like, I actually want to speak to you as believers, but I cannot actually because the opposite is evident amongst you. He says, but I, can, I need to actually address you as people of the flesh. As infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, he said. It was necessary for to you to be fed with milk. Not solid food initially. For you were not ready for it. I, and he's actually now saying, it seems like I've got to keep on feeding you with milk. And milk is a good thing, hey? Kershlemore, those places, I mean, we want to just acknowledge that we need milk in our lives. Uh-huh. Thank you, Louis. Um, but how many of you know that we cannot just live on milk? Uh, I mean, this body, as you see it, didn't just get you with milk only, hey? I mean, there's a whole lot of other stuff that's gone into it, all right? We've got to just admit that. No, the point is we need more than milk. There's a stage in your life where milk is what you need. But then it comes a place, stage where you need to now have more than milk. And spiritually, it is the same. And Paul is saying to them, guys, initially you only survived on milk. And I seemingly can only give you milk because you're still infants. And he says, and even now, you are not yet ready. You're not ready for the solid food that I want you to have. For you're still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, oh, I follow Paul, <laughs> and another says, oh, I follow Apollos, two different people, and they try to find identity in who they follow, are you not being merely human, Paul says? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Paul says, Apollos came and watered the seed that I planted, which is all spiritual stuff. He says, but God is the one who gave the growth at the end. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the increase. So Paul is addressing a very simple situation. He's saying, guys, you're like little children. He's speaking to adults. He's saying, what you're doing is you're assigning yourself to a person and saying, oh, I'm a follower of Paul. That's where my identity is found. Oh, these other ones say, no, no, it's Apollos. Apollos did us so good. We want to associate ourselves with him. And boy, leave you guys that side. Paul's saying, listen, you're like little children. You're trying to be spiritual, but you cannot. I've got to keep on feeding you milk because you're not ready for the solid stuff. Paul is saying, you've got to ready. You've got to prepare yourself for something more, something deeper. And there's got to be a longing in your heart for it. And that's what I want to say through this point. Is that, folks, we, we prepare ourselves for this year by saying, God, I want to grow. 
I don't want to stay where I have been. I want to grow spiritually. I want to long for the deeper things. And I thank you for the milk. I thank you for even the, the, the solids that I've had since then. But I want to have more. I want to grow more. I want my character to take more shape of what the character of Christ looks like. And that is an ambition that God has for us. The challenge is that we don't often have that ambition ourselves. That's why we've got to rethink how we think. And say, God, help me to be ready in the way I think. So that when I come to the deeper things of God, that I would long for them. That I will not just be content to read Psalm 23 every day. And it's a beautiful psalm. And there's much value in it. But there's more. There's so much more. And I want to, by God's grace and allow Holy Spirit as we talk about these things, trust Him that He will kindle and stir a desire in your heart for deeper things. Not to intellectually know the deeper things and say, Oh, I know so much more than you. Again, we become fleshly. We do what the Corinthians did here. Paul is saying, I want you to have something that will give substance to your life so that you will not even consider these fleshly things, and that you will become more like Christ and through that be of benefit to others. That's what we need to long for. The second last thing I want to give you this morning is from Thessalonians, what we've got to ready ourselves for. And this is perhaps a very practical one, wherein First Thessalonians, again, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and, and he has this incredible heart for the church. And you see it coming through in the way that he speaks to them. And in chapter 2, from verse 5, I want to read the following. Paul is talking to these believers. He says, for we never came with words. When we came to you and visited you in Thessalonica, we never came with words of flattery, as you know, not with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor did we see glory from people. We didn't come there with our own agenda, actually, he's saying. Whether from you or from others, we didn't seek glory from them. Though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we never did. He says this in verse 7, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her children. And then this beautiful verse, verse 8, he says, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready. Say with me, ready. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own, our own lives because you had become very dear to us. And Paul is saying there's a readiness that means that I'm ready to share my life with others that we need to have. And so as much as we're looking at this year and we're saying, hey, what can I do to prepare myself for this year so that I can have ultimate blessing from God for this year? That's great. That's wonderful. But the outcome of that will be that what you receive from God, you just give through to others. So how many of you want to be blessed from, by God this year? Oh God, I need your blessing. How many of you want to let that be a blessing to others? But we need to be intentional about it, people. Paul says, I, I didn't just want to come and be with you. I want to share my life with you. And I'm ready for that. And, and the sad thing is he, he, he never really was able to, in this context, come and do it. But he sent Timothy along, and you'll read about that later on in chapter 1, or chapter 3 rather, where he says, 
Therefore, we could not bear it no longer, in verse 1. We, we were willing to be left behind at Athens, and we sent Timothy, our brother, to establish and exhort you in your faith. So Paul is saying, hey, I couldn't come. I, I so want to be with you. But you know what? My heart towards you is so real that even if I cannot come, I'm going to ask Timothy to come. And what is Timothy going to do? That's our longing to exhort you and to establish you in the faith. I don't want to just come and have a cup of tea with you or a latte or a cappuccino. I want to come and we don't want to share our lives with you. But we want to see a wonderful outcome of that and that you are established in your faith. And so why don't you consider this as you consider 2020? See how much our lives could be made available for the benefit of others. Why don't you ready yourself? Why don't you prepare your heart for that? And say, God, how can my life be used to benefit others? And you know what? This is the thing. Make it available to the benefit of others with no return expected. Because it's great to go and be a blessing to others that can be a blessing back to you. So I give you because I know that you will come back and bless me. But give it with no hidden agenda. Share your life. Be ready to share your life and expect nothing in return. And the last thing is 1 Peter 3. We go back to Peter. And, and this is an amazing one. And, and I think we need to encourage each other about this also more and more. It's a very practical one. And all of these practical things come from the premise of I'm readying myself for God. And therefore, whatever God expects of me, I'll be willing to do. And 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says the following. But in your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy. And that's what we want to do, correct? We want to, in our hearts, honor the Lord Jesus Christ as holy. You agree with that? That's a great thing to do. There's a comma. So there's more to come in this verse. So just amen, everybody to that. We want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy One. That's great. So just keep your hand up there, which I hope is up. No, it's fine. You don't have to lift it. But there's a comma. All right, and it says, after this comma, always, always, say with me always, 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 being prepared to make a defense for, to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So always being prepared means always being ready, correct? Always being ready to say, hey, I believe that Lord Jesus Christ, He's the Holy One. I've given my life to Him. I live for Him. I love Him. I want to give everything I have, my time, my resources is for Him, comma. Always being ready to explain, to give a defense, to, to help people understand why you have this passion. Paul is saying, or well, this is Peter talking. Peter is saying, guys, the conviction that you have, that you carry in your heart of Jesus Christ being the Lord, always be ready to share not only your life, but to share the reason for your faith with people. And this is a challenge for us all is first of all, not to be embarrassed about our faith. Because so often you're the minority, isn't it? At workplace, you may be the complete minority of who believe in Him. 
and want to follow him passionately. Oh, where were you yesterday? I was in church. <laughs> so you went out at the dam. No, you went out at the shops. And uh, uh, No, you were what? And we've got to be ready to explain why we live passionate. Not just about church. Hey, let's do it this way. Let's kind of like go the other route. No, no, sorry. I don't go the other route. I go this route. What? Yeah, this is the way. Ah, uh, let's, let's, let's joke about women a bit in a very dishonorable way. No, I don't do that. What? Why? My wife said I shouldn't. That's good. That's good. Maybe you're not married. Why don't you talk about women and, have, and send, please don't send me these pictures anymore. I don't want them. Why? I don't, I don't have enough space on my phone. It's like, it takes up so much space. No, why? I don't want to do it, okay? No, Why? Be ready to give a reason for your faith. Don't be embarrassed about your faith. Stand up and be counted for as a believer of Jesus Christ. Don't shun away from standing up and expressing what you're confident about. If you're confident about it, if you're not, get there. Quick. Prepare yourself. To be counted for as a follower of Jesus Christ with no embarrassment on you because you want to live for Him. Be ready to give a reason for your faith. And that all starts because you're ready for God. You say, God, I, I don't want to live with excuses. I don't want to live with, no, I'm too busy. No, this is too much and, and I can't and I don't want to. Get to the place where you want to. You say, Jesus, this is how I want to live. I want to live like this guy on that picture where, I mean, uh, I don't know, this year, we'll just see how it happens. How would I be ready? Be ready. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, this is a, a great privilege. Oh, God, just to talk about we need to prepare ourselves for you. And Lord, firstly, I want to thank you that you've done everything to prepare the world for us to know that you are a loving Father. You've prepared a relationship with yourself by sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. You've done everything necessary. That's why Jesus could say, Tetelestai, it is finished. Everything needed to be done was done. And we honor you for that work yet again. And this morning I ask that you will help us to respond appropriately, to be ready for you. That in this year, Lord God, and I know that it's not just an annual thing, this obviously, but particularly as we just launch into a new year, I pray that you will help us to be ready for you. That each one of us here this morning will say, I'm ready. I want to prepare myself for God. I want to I be with God. I want to become like God. I want to do what God expects of me. And I pray, Lord God, that our 
hearts will be prepared for that, as we prepare our minds even to think differently, as we prepare ourselves, Lord God, to go deeper in you, as we prepare our, to share our lives with others, and, and Lord, as we also prepare to give reason for the faith that we have in you. I pray that we will act responsibly and prepare. And Lord God, consciously this morning say, I want to prepare myself for you and for everything that you have for me in this year. And Lord, no matter what the cost, I want to say yes to you. I want to say yes to you. And friends, it's easy just to now ask people to stand for that, but I'm not going to do that. I, I want to ask you to make business with God. Keep your eyes closed. And you work this out with Jesus right now. And in that days and hours to come. But right now, just to, to stop and consider where you are in terms of preparing yourself. We often do, we prepare ourselves for schools to start this week. We've got to have the clothes ready. We've got to have the stationery ready. We've got to have the money ready. We've got to have oh, so many things ready. So many things that we've got to do. We've got to prepare food for lunch or for dinner. We've got to prepare to do a journey. We've got to prepare so many things every single day. But how about preparing yourself for God and for God's plans? And right now, to whatever way you want to commit yourself to that, to say yes to Jesus. Just, just say yes, Lord. I want to prepare myself. And it may be that you're going to start changing just the way that you think. Are you going to start changing the way that you read the Bible, spend time with God, spend time with people, the way that you look at people? You're going to prepare yourself to, to really share your life with them. And, and maybe it will also mean that you prepare yourself to really go deeper with God. And say, God, I, I don't want to just live on milk. I don't want to just come to a meeting once a week where I hear a little bit of the Word and, and that's enough for me. I want more. I want to make an effort not to try to receive more love from you, but because I love you, I want to make an effort to go deeper. And Lord God, also if there's a, a need for us to, to find the reason for our faith and why we have this faith and to be able to express it to others and help them understand why we believe what we believe and how we live what, the way we live, I pray, Lord God, that there will be a determination in our hearts to say, yes, Lord, I want to go deeper in knowing what I know, what I believe. I want to be able to let people know that Jesus Christ is the king of my life. I want to be able to, to share that with them. I want to know how to do it. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us all in these things. I want to pray for King City Church, Lord, that we will be ready for what you have for us in this year. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, won't you just come and, and prepare each heart in whatever way, Lord God, this message has been relevant to each one. I pray, Lord, that we will take what is relevant to us individually and deal wisely with that and act responsibly before you. Help us to be ready. Help us to be ready. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this in the precious name of the one who enables us actually to be ready. 
name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who we love so much. Thank you, God. Amen.